The Miami Dolphins are checking in once again to Club Dub, moving to 5-1 and one on the season after a 42-21 victory over the Carolina Panthers. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to our favorite podcast. Tip of the cap to the everydayers who do keep it locked in with us on a daily basis because we don't just say it, we live it. It is your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed, and uh, hopefully you are interested in getting into the building at Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, it's Sunday afternoon. The Dolphins just wrapped a forty-two to 21 victory over the Carolina Panthers. That was kind of a wild and weird, wacky start. Uh, kind of a disheartening finish, although the Dolphins did bounce back uh, late in that contest uh, in the final five minutes. But Miami started this game down 14-0, and they really kind of got punched in the mouth by Carolina up front to start the game. Carolina finished the game with 108 rushing yards as a team and averaged 4.4 yards per play. Uh, but Miami, their own opening script felt a little off. You go three and out after forcing a three and out. Bradley Chubb had a really nice sack on the opening possession defensively, ran right through the inside shoulder of Ike Mikwanu, sacked Bryce Young, almost forced a fumble on the play. You get the ball, you say, hey, okay, here we go. We expect to be the better football team. You get three and out, let, that's really exciting. Let, let's pick it up and go with it. And that didn't happen. Carolina, give them credit. Uh, they, they came out inspired. Uh, they leaned on you with big bodies up front. Miami kind of stayed with the same ideology that we've continued to see the Dolphins play all season long. And it allowed Carolina with some physical running from Juba Hubbard and running behind Ikem Iquanu and Cade Mays at left guard, uh, getting vertical in the run game. Really challenged Miami early on. Miami has a, a third and half a yard situation after going down seven, nothing after a bad punt by Jake Paley kind of set Carolina up in advantageous field position on their second possession. They go down and score bad Jake Bailey punt uh, led to that. Miami comes out third and half a yard and we try some kind of fake QB sneak swing throwback to Raheem Mostert and Tua misses the throw. And, uh, you know, that that was kind of where you kind of said, uh-oh, like th this might snowball and you get a little weird. And sure enough, it did get weird. Carolina takes that momentum of forcing another punt and they come out and they score another touchdown. So you're down 14-0 in the first quarter at home against Carolina. Uh, I, I think one of the prominent storylines there's a lot of similar themes for Miami throughout the course of this game that you've seen all season long. The short yardage stuff, we we got to figure it out, and it can't be plays like that. Um, Tua misses the throw. It's a backwards pass, so you lose yardage on the play. Can't we just get up and run 
something behind center. Like Chris Brooks ran hard. Chris Brooks went down at the end of this game with an ankle injury. It was what it was listed as. It didn't look good. Hopefully he's okay. You should get Jeff Wilson back this week upcoming. He was activated off or, or he was, was his activation window was open on IR and he practiced this past week. And you heard some good things from the coaching staff before they ultimately decided not to bump him up for the game. So hopefully Jeff Wilson coming back gives you the runner you feel is physical enough. Now Raheem Mostert, dude was a man possessed running in this football game. But all things considered, what happened early is a nice reminder that this is the National Football League. And the team on the other side, whether they are 5-0 and or 0-5, when you're 4-1 and and you have the buzz that the Dolphins do, you're going to get a team's good shot every single week. And you can't afford to set the alarm clock 15 minutes late and start the game 13 minutes into the game. And you're fortunate that you played a game in Carolina that's now 0-6 and is greatly missing talent and was banged up in some key spots. And you were able to have a lot of offensive success and you ultimately scored 42 points. But if you show up and you're flat and you don't execute for whatever reason, as this season goes, there's going to be more instances like this where you're going to look up at the scoreboard and you'll be like, dang, we're down multiple scores to a team that we, we think we're much better than. Miami's a much better football team than Carolina. It's to be expected with where Carolina is in their life, life cycle as an NFL franchise. They're rebuilding. And Miami's in a very clear and obvious competitive window. But they came out flat. They came out uninspired. They came out sloppy. Uh, defensively, the phrasing used by Melanie Collins on the TV broadcast was shell-shocked after the first two touchdowns. Now, Miami puts a really nice drive together. They go down the field. They score a touchdown. Miami's defense gets a chance to regroup, and, and you felt like Miami did have a chance to balance or to bounce back throughout the course of the game, but you don't want to put yourself in these holes. And I, heaven help us if we have this issue next week against the Philadelphia Eagles because you're playing the team that played in the Super Bowl last year. And Miami had joint practices against that team last year, and, and they were very competitive against them. And, and Miami, you would certainly think any opportunity that you had to have a, a letdown against an 0-5 Carolina team, you would not have in, in next week's game. And if that's the case, then, then you're going to really walk away being disappointed. Now, Carolina came out throughout the course of this game, and they had 130-something yards of offense, and they finished the game with 296 yards of offense. So Miami, throughout the rest of the game, average, or allowed about the same amount of yardage as what they allowed for Carolina in the first quarter, the other three quarters combined. So they did buckle down. You did get a touchdown offensively, a chance to catch your breath at the start of the second quarter. Everything kind of rebalanced. You run off 35 consecutive points before Mike White throws a really ugly and bad pick six with about four and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter to cut the lead to 14. And then Miami, to their credit, Chris Brooks breaks off a big run. Savan Ahmed finishes a touchdown run in the red zone on third down, 42-21. Final score. So things evened out down the stretch. You know, you, you won the final three quarters of this game, 42-7. to That's about what the expectation was for this football game based off of where Miami's at as a football team. But that first quarter stuff, that, that can't continue to happen, and it continues to happen. We'll talk a little bit more about the strong recovery. We'll talk about statistically how this game 
finalized itself. And that's coming up next here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. So stick with us. Now, I don't know about you, but I am in the mid-Atlantic area, and I most certainly am planning on heading over to the link for Dolphins-Eagles on Sunday Night Football next week, and I will be getting my tickets courtesy of Game Time. Game Time is the only ticketing event that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you show up to put your butt in the seat at the stadium. All in prices show you your total up front, so you know exactly what you're getting without hidden fees for the final price, and you can buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. They are obsessed with finding ways to make you saving money on tickets easy and doable. You can find flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And with Zone Deals, you pick the section, and Game Time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guarantee. Now, if you're also looking for a fun way to stay engaged throughout the course of football weekends, perhaps you'd like to try your luck with PrizePix. PrizePix is the largest independently-owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America, they're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it is you against the numbers, not you against thousands of other players and sharps and pros and sharks. You pick more or less on two to six player stat projections and watch your winnings roll in. You hit six, you can get 25 times your money this football season. You could test your skills on prize picks, and it is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. And if you do have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with more or less on those six player stat projections going over or under. Prize picks also offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Prize picks discounts player selections and projections by up to 25% to provide even more value. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL. For first deposit match of up to $100, that is prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for first deposit match of up to $100. Now, Miami, statistically in this football game, uh, my favorite stat is that uh, the Dolphins have now scored 223 points for six games of this season. That is more than the first two seasons of the history of the franchise, uh, the team scored in 14 games. So 42 points, courtesy of 3-2 a tongue of a low of, uh, touchdown passes, courtesy of 162 rushing yards as a team. Raheem Mostert was a man possessed, 17 for 115 yards, 6.8 yards per carry. He had three total touchdowns on the day. Look like you were going to get the big Jalen Waddle performance. Now, from a yards per catch perspective, you didn't necessarily get the big glow up that you thought you were going to. They had a perimeter screen that hit for two yards. You had another short touchdown catch, uh, but he finished with seven catches for 51 yards and a score. Uh, Tyreek Hill, six for 163 and a touchdown. Uh, from a, a rest of team rushing perspective, Brooke, Chris Brooks, six for 28, uh, 4.7 yards per carry, including that brilliant run tiptoeing along the sideline late in the game. Saman Ahmed, six for 23, including the touchdown run on third down to make it 42 points in total. Tua Tungvaloa finishes 21 of 31 for 262 yards and three touchdowns before finishing the game with a ball cap on as Mike White uh, went 0 for 1 with the pick six. 
and kneeled down three times for minus four yards. So uh, I, I think Miami's bounce back and, and the the game script, the way that it actually ends up unfolding for Miami, uh, allowed, again, it, it followed the way the, game, the Denver game played. It followed the way that the Giants game played, where as you were able to create some separation by stringing together scoring drives, it forced Carolina into a position where they had to be more ambitious. And look, you you didn't force any turnovers in this game. That is going to be something for Miami that as you continue to look at what needs to change big picture-wise for this team to go where we want it to go, turnovers are going to have to be a bigger piece of the puzzle. They are, absolutely. There's no questions asked. But as this game unfolded and Miami was able to string together some drives, you saw the Dolphins kind of from a statistics perspective, they allowed less than 300 yards of offense. Right? Carolina scored 14 points offensively all in the first quarter. And I kind of feel for the Dolphins scoring defense a little bit because you had a pick six this week by Mike White. You had a pick six the following or the previous week by Tua in the red zone. You had another turnover that directly yielded in three points because it happened within the Dolphins 25 yard line. You had a kickoff return against Denver right now that doesn't alleviate the points that you allowed it against Buffalo and the points that you allowed against the chargers. Well, they're 41 and, or 48 and 34 points. That's still very problematic. And we'll see what next week looks like against Philadelphia. We have some injuries to look for. We'll talk about that later in the show, but I do feel a little bit for mine because you look at it, it's 24 points that the Dolphins have allowed this season have come courtesy of direct mistakes by the offense and the minus four turnover differential and also special teams. Now, Miami's defense can help themselves by capitalizing on some of these turnover opportunities. Xavier Howard just missed an interception of Bryce Young on the touchdown pass to put the Panthers up 14-0. Ball literally scraped over top of both of his fingertips. It was a really good play in zone coverage, really good vision and feel for the route combination. He drops off his initial responsibility, and he's in the throwing window, and it's just laced over top of his fingertips. He had three opportunities where Bryce Young is hit as he throws. Ball kind of flutters up in the air weirdly. David Long misses a diving interception on one. Andrew Van Ginkle, I believe, just missed a strip sack opportunity on another one. Like, like you, you're, you're, you're right there. And, and you go back to the, the Giants game. Andrew Van Ginkle had a pass breakdown where the ball was leaving the quarterback's hand, where if he'd got there a half second earlier, a half step earlier, it would have been a forced fumble. So, like, some of this is bounce of the ball being unfortunate for Miami and from, a, a like, just, a, a, I don't want to say luck perspective, but it's, it's right there. But then there's also, from an execution standpoint, Miami's one of the top sack teams in the league from sacking opposing quarterbacks. They came into this week first in quarterback hits, and yet it hasn't led to the turnovers. Why? You feel like some of this is because on the back end, you're learning to play this communication-oriented zone match defense that is so ideologically different than what you've played in the past, and it's still yielding some growing pains. Now, one thing that might help, the news report came out before the game. According to both Adam Schefter, Tom Palacero, Jalen Ramsey may practice as soon as this week for the Dolphins. I'll repeat that. Jalen Ramsey is at a point in his recovery 
that he may practice with the team as early as this week. You have Nick Needham, who's practiced for two weeks, who may be getting activated to give you some more reinforcements in the secondaries. Avian Howard uh, with a, a groin tweak. We don't know how serious that is. We haven't seen Cam Smith. Like all these things adding together, I think there's enough dynamics that can still change to make the changes happen. But there's also some common themes. Again, like we said in the first segment, there's some common themes. The Panthers are moving Adam Thielen around because they know the Dolphins aren't going to travel their corners. And that's how you get Perry Nickerson matched. Perry Nickerson's your dime back this week, getting matched against Adam Thielen in coverage and getting called for a defensive holding that takes another sack off the field. Bradley Chubb's what would have been his second sack of the game. Shout out Bradley Chubb. I know he's he's been a, a pinata for a lot of Dolphins fans. I thought he played a very good football game. It was good to see Jalen Phillips back out there as well, flying around. He had a late hit or a, a close hit on Bryce Young on a ball that was thrown away. And, you know, the, the Dolphins, well, from a statistical standpoint, there were some bright spots. The starting offense had no turnovers. The team was penalized three times for 25 yards. After getting, quite frankly, their rear ends kicked in the first quarter, uh, the the time of possession was approximately 50-50. Miami was 7-13 on third down. All you hear about is how the Dolphins don't even get the third down. Well, they were better than 50% on third down. The Panthers finished this game 5-18 on third and fourth down. It was a nice rebound. Miami 6.5 yards per play. 42 points is higher than their higher season output, and they didn't score any points in the first quarter. Like we won't apologize for being five and one. You certainly won't apologize for winning the game that you started ugly. You can apologize for starting early. You can make the corrections, but if you're not going to be ready, fired up, and, and ready to play a big time football game next Sunday night against the Philadelphia Eagles and Lincoln Financial Field, I don't know what to tell you. A big time, big time football game. Your next opportunity to make a statement, and we shall see what Vic Fangio and company has in store. They had another 12-man on the field penalty this week. Was that three weeks in a row? Can't happen. It can't happen. So there's there's things to be cleaned up. There's corrections to be made, for sure. I think it's pretty telling that Miami oh, plays this football game. They start as bad as they do. They have, what, 15 yards offense in the first quarter. And if not for a pick six by Mike White, they're 28 points better than the Carolina Panthers. Losing the turnover battle again. They lost the turnover battle last week to the Giants by three and won by 18 points. Can we play a complete game? Can you can we get inspired and play a complete game on Sunday night football? Because if we do, we're gonna be sitting here on Monday morning talking about a football team that's that's six and one because the offense is there. They got some good stuff happening. We had another 40 plus yard touchdown pass from two to Tyreek Hill. A lot of good, but it wasn't perfect. And they've got more corrections to make. And again, the key is not to be playing your best football mid-October. This Dolphins team played their best football last year, early November. Had to back end into the playoffs. We're halfway to double-digit wins. It's week six. And you're not playing complete football games yet. Okay. So let's keep going. Let's make corrections. Let's make adjustments. Let's tackle better. Let's get our communication right. Let's get a better feel for coverage. Let's get some guys back offensively. Connor Williams, Teron Armstead, Devon Achan. You, know, you, you might get all those guys back in the next month. What's that going to look like? 
You'll probably have some guys that get banged up along the way. That's the nature of the beast. Football's a game of attrition. And we'll talk injuries next here and some final notes on this Victory Monday episode of Locked on Dolphins. So stick with us. These days, every potential new hire feels like a high-stakes wager for you and your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why I have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring in simple tools like screening questions, make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you could quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. While we are here, do need to ask you guys a personal question. You ever have trouble with performing? You ever out with your partner and you just feel like you can't get the job done? It get worse when there's lots of people around? It's especially bad with guacamole. I'm talking about weak tips. The ones that can't handle a hearty scoop of guac. Zach's Mighty Tortilla Chips understands the pain of trying to dip a weak tortilla chip. No one wants to go soft on the guac. Unlike other chips, Zach's Mighty Tortilla Chips are literally built to dip because they're made the old-fashioned way. They're actually cut from real tortillas, making Zach's Mighty Tortilla Chips both sturdy and delicious. Crisp, corny, organic, these chips will take your tailgate to the next level. Zach's Mighty Tortilla Chips are now available in Publix and sea salt, lime, and nacho flavors. You can find them in the deli section with the dips. Head on over to Publix, grab a bag of Zach's Mighty, and scoop that guac like the stud that you are. So from an injury perspective, the Dolphins coming out of this football game, uh, Jerome Baker had a back injury, was listed as questionable to return. He did return to the game. Uh, Xavier Howard listed with a groin injury, was listed as questionable to return. He did not return to the game, saw him on the sideline. It didn't look to be a super severe thing based on him being up and moving around, but we don't know for sure. We'll have to wait for more information there. Uh, and then Chris Brooks, obviously just a gut punch injury to take late in that football game as you're milking the clock, trying to get out of there and make sure Carolina can't get any more freebie points off you at the end of the game. And uh, he had somebody roll up on him from behind. It was a couple of bodies. Uh, he he grabs his, I believe it's his right ankle. Uh, he takes the card off the field. Total bummer for him. Uh, hopefully it's not as bad as it looked, but we shall see. Uh, from Miami's perspective, um, you also have Connor Williams, who did not dress for this football game. You have Jeff Wilson, who was had his activation window uh, activated for return off IR, did not return in time for week six. And you had Nick Needham coming off the PUP list, uh, who also was not activated in time. So if you're looking for silver lining in the attrition, and we've talked about this from a roster-building perspective, Miami juggling players, right? As the season goes, guys are going to get banged up. But getting guys back in time for the next wave of guys getting banged up, if Xavier Howard has to miss some time, well, you got Cam Smith on the burner, who you're going to have to get up to speed and ready to go. You're just going to have to do it. You've got Nick Needham potentially coming off the PUP this upcoming week, ready to play. That may help your dime package quite a bit versus having Perry Nickerson, who's a career special teams fringe 53-man roster type player out there. No, it's been Justin Bethel. 
Now it's Perry Nickerson. I think me, me, I'd rather have Nick Needham than either one if he is mentally ready for the jump. You, of course, have Jeff Wilson. It sounded like he looked good. If you need a physical runner in an absence for Chris Brooks, there you go. That one's going to be available for you as well. Connor Williams coming back. Hopefully, one would expect, Mike McDaniel said on Friday there was no setbacks with that, but they expected after they let him play against the Giants that he'd have some soreness. We're going to need him next week uh, against the, the Philadelphia Eagles with a front that has Fletcher Cox and Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter. Like It's a big-time group. It's a big-time group of interior defensive linemen. So Connor Williams not playing in this contest, uh, but you certainly think that, that he is going to have to play against Philadelphia with him not having a setback after playing against the Giants. You would think he's going to be available for you as well. Now, credit where credit's due. Uh, I thought Lee Meikenberg had some snap timing issues where the offensive line is out the blocks and the, the snap is half a second late or half a tick late getting back there. Uh, Liam had some instances where his block, his defender was able to bat down passes at the line of scrimmage. But all things considered, this offensive line in its totality, uh, they did not allow a sack again of Tua Valoa. And he had a couple instances where he was hit. And he had a couple instances where he were pressured. The Dolphins ran some, some naked boot action off of that and got him outside the pocket. And uh, I thought Tua looked really good getting on the hoof. That touchdown pass to uh, Jalen Waddell in the red zone, I thought was an outstanding effort on his part. And Tua, again, he finished this game, next-gen stats, 2.4 seconds time from snap to release on average across 31 attempts. That was, once again, the fastest time in the league through the 1 o'clock games. That quick of a trigger mixed with admirable effort from Kendall Lamb at left tackle and Liam Eikenberg, admirable effort, although you acknowledge the ceiling is not where you want it to be. At the center position, the Dolphins pitch a clean sheet protecting Tua Tungvaloa. So there's some, some nice victories to take away from this contest as well beyond the actual victory of 42-21 to 21, and the Dolphins outscoring the Panthers in the final three quarters by a final score of 42-7. to seven. You can miss me, Carolina, with uh, the, the cheap shots against Jalen Waddell after you're getting railroaded and get blocked into the end zone uh, and getting your, your rear ends uh, kicked in uh, to throw Jalen Waddell to the ground or your punter headbutting, headbutting Cameron Good uh, late in the game and then acting to completely bewildered as far as why you got called for a 15-yard penalty. Miss me with it. Won't miss seeing you on the schedule. Best of luck with your rebuild. We'll see you later. And I will see all of you guys later. That is going to do it for me on this Victory Monday episode of Locked on Dolphins. It is your team every day. Hope you enjoyed the Dolphins. Made you sweat the first hour or so. And things stabilized. The Dolphins moved to 5-1 and one on the season, the first time since 2002 that the Dolphins are 5-1 and one as they get ready for a heavyweight matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday Night Football next weekend. So we look forward to covering it all week long. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. I'm Kyle Krabs. I'm out of here. Fins up. And congratulations on another Victory Monday.